I'm Chris Christensen, for those of you who don't recognize me since I've been traveling a bit. <laughs> and I would like to thank Pastor Gabi for inviting me to preach this morning and also for telling you that I was preaching this morning because the first time I preached here, there was some confusion whether I was overstepping my bounds as the lector. <laughs> Um, as I was looking at, and I should say, since I see Dave Denny in the congregation, that I already told Dave that since two weeks ago he gave you permission to use your cell phones during the sermon, that if I got a call from the back row, I was blaming him. <laughs> as I looked at the lessons this morning, I was drawn to the New Testament and to the Gospel lesson, where Jesus asks two apparently simple questions. And then I think he implies a third question, which we'll look at a little later, which will conveniently make this a three-point sermon. But first, he asks the question as he's talking to his disciples up in Caesarea Philippi, north of Israel. And he is, as Pastor Gabi said, about three years into his public ministry, and it is drawing to a close. After this point, he will head to Jerusalem and to the cross. And so he says to the disciples, who do people say that I am? And it seems like a relatively simple question, but I would like to put it in a little different context. In our society, being a fairly pluralistic society that you can believe whatever you believe, we may look at this question and think that Jesus was conducting some sort of survey or focus group. Jesus is not going to be whoever the majority of people say he is. Jesus is who he is. As God told Moses in the Old Testament, I am who I am. So this is instead a pop quiz. He's been around at this point for three years. He's been doing a lot of ministry. And this question of who Jesus is has come up more than once. And the answer to that question has also come up by this point in the gospel more than once. You may recall in the beginning of Matthew's Gospel, he says an angel appears to Joseph before Jesus' birth and says, Mary is going to have a child. She is Emmanuel. She is God with us. Luke's Gospel also records that an angel went to Mary, and then an angel at the time of Jesus' birth goes out to the shepherds and says, Behold, the Messiah is born in the city of David. Come and see. The whole sky fills with angels, you may recall, singing praise of God. Likewise, when Jesus is baptized, as he comes out of the water, what do we have? A voice calling from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, as Jesus is talking to his disciples, two of the disciples who are here are John and Andrew. And John and Andrew, before they were disciples of Jesus, were disciples of John the Baptist. So they were there when that voice came from heaven and said who Jesus was. This is before Andrew goes, gets his brother, and says, we have found the Messiah, come and see. It's the day before John the Baptist says directly to these two, there's Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And yet this question of who Jesus is echoes throughout the New Testament as well as into our time. When the Pharisees say, tell us by what authority you are doing what you do, they are really saying, who do you think you are? When the disciples are in the boat and Jesus calms the storm, they turn to each other and says, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? And so Jesus turns to the disciples at this point in Caesarea Philippi and says, who do people say that I am? 
And the first answer he gets back is John the Baptist. Now, especially to Andrew and John over here, that's going to come as a bit of a surprise because they have seen Jesus and John the Baptist standing next to each other. Right? You may suspect that Clark Kent and Superman are the same person because you never see them together. They have seen John baptize Jesus. That answer is wrong. But you understand, I hope, why they answer that. Because at the time of Jesus and John the Baptist, there hasn't been a prophet in Israel for 500 years. And so John the Baptist, when he comes, and Jesus shortly after, is something very, very different than what they were used to. Coming, preaching forth what God would say to his people in power and authority. So there's a confusion there. Well, if not John the Baptist, how about Elijah? Because that would explain a lot. Because you may remember from the Old Testament, Elijah raised the widow's son from the dead. Elijah, the prophet of God from old. Elijah made the widow's small amount of oil and flour last throughout the famine, somehow multiplying the food as God did the manna in the wilderness. So maybe he is Elijah. Also wrong. Jeremiah and one of the prophets? No. No. Now, in our days, we would add a few more things to that. We would say maybe he's just a good teacher. Although, you know, to be fair, you wouldn't want to listen to everything he has to say because, you know, that treat everybody the way you want to be treated is okay, that turn the other cheek is a little crazy, and that love your enemies, hell no. But that is also not the right answer. Some people say he is a myth, which would come as a great surprise to at least 10 of these 11 not counting the one who will betray him, who are sitting here, because ten of them will give their lives under torture and say he is who he says he is. We saw him. We know him. Also wrong. So the people have struck out on the midterm. This is not a passing grade. So he turns to the disciples and says, but, but meaning, okay, everybody else got it wrong, but now let's talk about you, but who do you say that I am. And remember, we're three years into Jesus' ministry. They have seen the feeding of the 5,000. They have seen the feeding of the 4,000, like God brought man in the wilderness. They have seen Jesus raise the dead at least on three occasions, Lazarus, the widow of Nain's son, and Jairus' daughter. They have seen him heal countless times. They have seen him cast out demons. They have seen him preach with authority. And so he says, but who do you say that I am? And one of the disciples stands up and says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Ace the midterm. That's the right answer. Now, what was the disciple who stood up? I hear you say Peter. And yet this guy's name is Simon. If he had a birth certificate, it would say Simon. His parents grew up and called him Simon. And yet at this point he says, Simon, son of Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. Now, I had to wonder at this point, is this the time? Is this when Simon becomes Peter at this moment? It sure looks like it from the text. Except that, of course, Matthew's been calling him Peter throughout the other 16 chapters. 
But of course, Matthew writes it later on, so maybe he just calls him Peter because that's who he knows him for years before he finally writes it down. So I looked in the Gospels, and I found a hint in the Gospel of Mark. Now, if you're not aware, Mark was a traveling companion, as we know of Paul, for instance, but we believe also a traveling companion later on of Peter. And then when he writes his gospel, he writes it in Rome to the Romans after Peter's crucifixion. And so he would know something about Peter's life. And Mark tells us that when Andrew went and brought Peter to Jesus, Jesus said, Hi, Simon, I'm going to call you Peter. That is a little socially awkward. I don't know about you, but I would not suggest that next time we do the passing of the peace, you start introducing yourself to people and say, Hi, I don't know you. What's your name? Bob. Bob, you don't mind if I call you David, do you? <laughs> so, Hi, what's your, what's your name? Debbie? Debbie? No, you're Mary now. <laughs> it's a little weird. People don't do that. Except they seem to do that all the time in the Bible, Right? You're not Jacob anymore, you're Israel, he who wrestles with God. You're not Saul anymore, that person who persecuted Christians, you are Paul. You're not Joseph, you're Barnabas, the son of encouragement. When Jesus meets Peter, he looks him in the eye and says, you are a rock. Well, he has not always behaved like a rock, except perhaps when he's trying to walk on water, he did walk on water like a rock. <laughs> he sunk to the bottom. He, but roughly, if we're at the end of Jesus' ministry, roughly two months from now, Jesus will preach the first sermon on his first sermon on Pentecost, and 5,000 people will come to believe. A sermon by which all other sermons are measured and fall short. Peter will be that rock which Jesus uses to build the early church. And when Jesus looked at him two, three years ago, he said, you're not Simon, you're Peter. Now, Peter isn't the rock yet, because we, didn't, we cut off this lesson about two minutes from now. Jesus is going to say, okay, now that you know who I am, I'm going to tell you for the first of three times in the Gospel of Matthew that I'm now going to Jerusalem to be killed. And Peter's going to say, no, that's not going to happen. And Jesus will turn to him and say, get thee behind me, Satan. Roughly a month from now, as Jesus is arrested, Peter will deny him three times. But when Jesus looked at Peter, now and three years before, and probably in his mother's womb, he said, you are Peter, you are the rock. He saw who he could be, he saw who he would be. And that begs the third question, which is when Jesus looks at you and I, who does he see? What would he call us? If Jesus were to introduce himself today, would he say, Hi, what's your name? Gabby. Gabby? No, you are beloved. What's your name? Greg. Greg? No, you are wisdom. What's your name? Lorraine. Lorraine, no, you are faithful. What does God see when he looks at you? For we worship a risen God who desires not just that we know who he is, but through knowing him we come to know 
who we are created to be. That we come to know who we really are. And I pray this week that you would come to know again or for the first time Emmanuel, God with us. Messiah, Son of the living God. The Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus. And that you would come to know who he sees you to be and that you would come to see those around you with his eyes. Amen. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson and I'm the host of Trevor Talks where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.